Hi, and welcome to the Mind Balance Cafe podcast. My name's Morella. I'm a social worker and therapist and writer of the Mind Balance Cafe blog. On this podcast, I discuss mental health, personal development, and relationships. I hope you enjoy this episode. The Grief Journey All of us will lose someone we love and experience grief in the course of our lives if we haven't already. As Robert Niemeyer says, we're wired for attachment in a world of impermanence. There's no getting over it, there's only getting through it. This week I've been reading about grief in preparation for a job interview. What I read rang true for me and made me reflect on the loss of my best friend Emily almost nine years ago now. I remember the shock, the pain, and the way that the grief would ebb and flow over the following weeks, months, and years. At times I would feel numb and wonder what was wrong with me for not being more upset. At other times I would cry so hard and long to see her so much that I felt like like I would never feel whole again. And then back to numb as my brain gave me a chance to recover before the next wave of grief hit. As C.S. Lewis wrote, For in grief, nothing stays put. One keeps on emerging from a phase, but it always recurs. Round and round, everything repeats. Am I going in circles, or dare I hope I'm on a spiral? Grief is different for different people, depending on the relationship you had to the person you lost, the other supports you have, and your predisposition towards depression and anxiety. Grief doesn't just mean losing someone through death, either. You can feel grief at the loss of a physical ability, the loss of a role that's a part of your identity, or the end of a relationship. For some people, grief becomes complicated grief. This is when the intensity of the grief remains the same as when it first happened, rather than lessening with time. Or if a year later you haven't regained the ability to enjoy anything, and life feels meaningless. Grief may have triggered depression. In my case, grief triggered a depressive episode. It was no longer just about losing my friend. Life just didn't feel worth living. This is not to say that you need to be over it at any certain point in time. We never really get over grief. We just learn to live with it. There's nothing magical about the one-year anniversary that means things become easier. In fact, anniversaries are usually some of the most difficult days. For most people, the grief of losing a loved one will always be with them. But as Robert Niemeyer says, with time, grief softens from intense despair to more of a sad nostalgia. Margaret Strobe and Hank Schutt describe a dual process model of bereavement. This involves loss-oriented activities and restorative-oriented activities. Loss-oriented activities involve, as Freud called it, the work of grieving. Things like yearning, crying, dwelling on the death, anger, denial, sadness, and avoiding or refusing to accept change. Restorative-oriented activities involve adapting to the way that your life has changed. For example, managing the new roles and routines you now have as a single person and dealing with the practical demands of life. It also involves distracting oneself from the grief in order to be able to cope. Both activities, loss and restorative, are normal, healthy and necessary. We move between the two stages constantly, at times actively grieving and at times attending to the other parts of our lives. Only spending time on one of these activities could lead us to become stuck in our grief journey. For example, only focusing on the loss and not being able to continue with your life outside of it, or keeping yourself so busy you deny the loss altogether and so never really process it. Typically, when we're first bereaved, we do spend more time on the loss-oriented activities than restorative. As time passes, we typically move between the two more. 
We may also gain more control over which of these activities you will engage in and when. For example, we are able to focus at work again, but we may still feel sad and cry when we go home. This is something that happens naturally, so if you're grieving at the moment, don't worry. This takes time, a lot of it, and there's nothing you need to do. You're going through this process right now in the best way you can. Not everyone who loses someone will need counselling, but if the loss was traumatic, untimely, or you find yourself unable to cope, it may be helpful. The role of a counsellor in grief is to help you find a way to move between these two spaces. They can offer a safe space for you to voice your grief, no matter how dark. They may help you find ways of connecting with your loved one, even though they're no longer physically with you. Different grief counsellors will work differently, but the right counsellor will support you in the tasks of grieving. From making sense of and accepting the loss to looking after yourself and living in your new reality. Most of all, a grief therapist will be able to guide you and walk with you through your personal grief journey. We're never the same after experiencing grief, but we build a new identity which includes the ones we lose in a different way. I wouldn't have believed it if you told me when she first passed away, but now I smile when I think of Emily and I can be grateful for the friendship we shared. Many people say they feel more humble, more aware of the fragility of life, and more grateful for the people in their lives. My family was hit by a cancer diagnosis this week, and as cliche as this sounds, it made us all realise how impermanent life is. We never know how long we have on this earth, or how long we'll have with the ones we love. It puts so many of the things we worry about into perspective. I hope you enjoyed this episode. A quick note to let you know that I provide online counselling to wherever you are in the world. So head over to mindbalancecafe.com for more information. A link is in the show notes. Until next time, take care.